Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem to yet another uh, program of uh, Middle East Review with me, as usual, my good friend, our best analyst in the house, Iran uh, Lerman, Colonel Reserve in Intelligence and uh, PhD in Political Science. And Iran, uh, welcome back. Thank you. And um, I have always thought of the Middle East as shifting grounds or shifting dunes. You know, the sand here is very light and moving all the time. And the architecture, you know, the geopolitical architecture which is built on these dunes is also very fragile and changing all the time. And yet we see in... Uh, from and, our, and there's plenty of oil under these dunes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we, we see some uh, major changes. I don't know for how long, because whatever change there is, you know, uh, you wait a little bit and there will be a counter change. But it seems like um, we all are now living the consequences of the United States pivoting to the East and China come in. Certainly, and also the sense that uh, the, the key player here, Saudi Arabia, uh, no longer trusts the American commitment. This is a kind of long-term backlash after the withdrawal from Afghanistan and has a very poor political and personal relationship with the Biden administration. And this was reflected in the manner in which they let China manage the breakthrough in Saudi-Iranian relations. It was not just the substance, but also the style. This was done in Beijing with Persian and Arabic being translated back and forth into Mandarin, not English. It was a a statement of uh, of Chinese, uh, the Chinese asserting their place in, in world affairs. Uh, the reasons, the underlying reasons are not Chinese. The underlying reasons are Saudi. They have come to the conclusion, I believe, that the war in Yemen uh, has been a colossal waste of their energy and resources, and the time has come to basically stabilize the situation there, which requires a conversation with the Iranians. They have already had a discussion with the Iranians under the table or sort of semi-official later over the question of stabilizing Iraq rather than turning it into a battlefield between Shia and Sunnah. And so um, there there was a whole set of reasons for the Saudis to do this, but the manner in which it was done was a deliberate slap uh, at the the, uh, current American leadership. Do you suppose the Americans were um, uh, held by surprise or um, do you think that uh, they saw what was uh, coming? I have to tell you, uh, having read some of the leaks coming out from uh, alleged CIA documents, I am, and as an intelligence officer, I'm underwhelmed by the quality of their analysis 
of Israeli affairs and, and regional affairs. So I'm not quite sure whether they, uh, with all the uh, uh, presumed penetrations of, of Iran, of Saudi Arabia, and of China, whether they fully understood what is about to happen. They seem to be caught by surprise. So were many in Israel, I have to say. That's at least my impression. Having said all this, they knew that they have a problem on their hands with the Saudis already for some time because the Saudis acted uh, quite clearly against the preferences and will of the Biden administration on oil prices when it really mattered uh, in order to tighten the news on, on, on Putin's uh, uh, exports and so on. So um, it, uh, it's not a strategic, it may have been a tactical surprise, it's not a strategic Mm -hmm. Surprise. So um, definitely we see that uh, this may have a, um, an adverse effect on the Israeli geopolitical uh, situation because uh, it seems like uh, Iran has broken through the isolation ring that was quite effective until very recently. Now that uh, we have uh, the renewal of relationship with ambassadors exchanges in uh, Riyadh and in, uh, in Tehran, um, also we are going to see uh, ambassadors exchanges from the uh, EAU. Um, Bahrain. Bahrain. That's remarkable. Emirates are, are already there. Uh, they are now trying to get better relations with uh, Egypt uh, as well. So um, the question is, actually, we have two issues here that may branch out of this new, I would say, major event of uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran getting back together. One is the Abraham Accord. What would be the fate of the Abraham Accord? And the second question is, what would be the fate of the negotiations, if there is going to be any resumption of negotiations, on a, a new uh, nuclear agreement between the powers, the P5 uh, plus one and Iran. And I would add a third element because against the background of internal turmoil in Israel, the Iranians have been, or their proxies have been much more bold in probing the limits of Israeli toler uh, tolerance, tolerance again. Yes. Uh, uh, and we saw rockets coming in from first from Lebanon, Hamas, not Hezbollah, but clearly with Hezbollah's permission. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens in Lebanon without Hezbollah's permission. Then from Gaza, then even from Syria, Syria and all an and Iranian drone uh, uh, attack previous to that, a, a very daring Hezbollah penetration of Israel, placing a, a significant uh, um, roadside bomb, which luckily only wounded, badly wounded one young Arab citizen, Israeli, but, yeah. uh, Israeli Arab, but it could have taken a bus with all the consequences. Yeah, just to uh, maybe to uh, remind our viewers, just about a month ago, there was a, uh, a major Iranian Hezbollah type. Um, of I, of, uh, of a, I, what do you call it? The detonation. ID, yeah. uh, yes, and could have caused a major damage. And it seems like they were trying to explode it on, on a bus, which could have presumably caused, you know, a numerous death which I believe would have uh, triggered, uh, triggered another war. Possibly. Because, uh, so by doing that, it seems like Hezbollah is no longer or is not as deterred as it used to be. So or, put all of these elements together and mm -hmm. we really do have a shift. Uh, there's a question whether uh, with Syria now uh, increasingly accepted back 
into Arab circles. Will this uh, have an impact on Israel's freedom of action? Will the Syrians become more assertive in reacting to what Israel has been doing uh, in Syrian territory mm -hmm. now for mm -hmm. a number of years? Mm -hmm. So, so we all see of a these lot are of complicated, complicated many, many factors. Yes. We see many, many moving parts. The Iran deal, the nuclear deal, uh, Syria, Israel, what is going to happen on the, uh, uh, the Golan uh, Heights as uh, you know, Syria is being going back, and I think next month they're going to, after 12 years, going to uh, be accepted again into the Arab League uh, conference at the highest uh, level. Hezbollah, as we see, already is less deterred, maybe because they feel that uh, they have a better backing from Iran, which has become much more accepted in, uh, in the region, and of course Hamas. And what Iran has been uh, able to do uh, lately is to coordinate between Hamas and Hezbollah. And this is not something of a small feat because uh, we are talking about Hamas, Sunni extremists, and Hezbollah, Shia extremists. And here Iran, under its uh, wings, is putting some things in uh, yep. order in order to isolate Israel and in all order to render it more vulnerable, maybe under multiple fronts. Yes, we know that uh, Qasem Soleimani's successor, Kaini, was in Beirut at the time of this period of escalation. Uh, and, and it was clearly related to their sense that Israel is, uh, is in some kind of internal trouble. They tell themselves fantastic lies. Right. I've just been reading right. Kaihan uh, in English, and they were saying that two million Jews have left uh, <laughs> uh, occupied Palestine in the last few years. It's, which is, of course, utter rot. It's, it's, there's no relation to any... The opposite is true, actually. The level of immigration has grown mm -hmm. uh, dramatically because of the Ukrainian war. Right. And, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. Fantastic lies that they tell themselves, but the, the problem is they do tell them to, they, and, and, and perhaps even believe that Israel is on its last legs so and all it needs is another push. The consequence could, could be the same, which is miscalculation. Yes. Yes, no, absolutely. No, well, the, the, the Arabs and, um, have always uh, had this special talent of what we call fake news now, but uh, telling themselves fantastic stories and then believing in these stories. And, uh, and then sometimes they may act on it and of course, then uh, the, the famous, they meet reality. That's the famous uh, joke about... Uh, right. <laughs> tells the kids, uh, run away, they're giving sweets on the other side of the village, and then figures out, ah, why am I here if they're giving <laughs> sweets? On the other and side? so he's running after the kids, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, in, in any case, this, um, I think, has to um, figure in a uh, new thinking. Uh, for uh, Israel's um, security cabinet, for the IDF, for <clears throat> our security and intelligence uh, uh, community. And I I'll tell you, Iran, the, uh, there is no doubt that um, Iran at this point, together with all its proxies, they are not really a match to Israel. I mean, it's not that Israel will not suffer if there is an all-out uh, war, but there is no doubt who will win the war, and it will be the good guys, it will be the Israelis. Um, whether Iran knows it or not, I do not know yet. But it seems like with all this alliance that Iran is building, it's all on very, very, very uh, soft ground, very precarious. Because, look, Syria is no more a country. You know, it it's really has its own internal problems. Lebanon, 
the same thing. Iraq, the same thing. So this uh, Iranian crescent, as King Abdullah of Jordan used to uh, call it, it's a very porous uh, uh, crescent. But again, the danger is miscalculation, that right. they may think they're strong, then Israel is, is weak. So what do you think should be Israel's position now? What should Israel um, transmit to the outer world? Is America, does America have a role here? Does Russia have a role here? What do you think? Well, first of all, Israel needs to put aside its internal tensions. Uh, I believe that Israeli decision makers and uh, in my in our institute, in the Jerusalem Institute of Strategy and Security, we've just said it out loud. We we called upon Israel, the Israeli leadership, to set everything aside and prepare for possible conflict, which may be coming as a result of basically to bring the judicial reform to a halt, but not just temporarily, so, but put it aside or, or resolve it <clears throat> uh, by a broadly consensus. by a broadly accepted uh, compromise mm. uh, based on a not. No, and not everybody's agreement, but a very broad agreement. And that's, uh, when you look at the details, I'm not going to go into it, but it's it's doable. And that's what uh, many people are beginning to say. It's, it's doable and it needs to be done. Then you have the challenge of continued pressure on the Iranians in, in Syria, of sending a clear deterrent message to Hamas and... Um, they are very brave uh, in words. In action, um, they were very quick to ask the Egyptians to talk to us so that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't overreact and they don't carry it any further. And for Israel, for various reasons, including the, the holiday season and so on, uh, there was also a preference for, for a quick um, uh, end to this Round, it wasn't even a round. Anyway, really, it seems really like round. Hamas, they found a new, uh, a new uh, tactical um, device, which is leveraging, of course, what's happening in Temple Mount, you know, especially in the Ramadan. But they are not, uh, um, have a frontal attack against Israel, rockets from Gaza, but actually they are inciting terrorists from the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, or from Jerusalem, uh, or they are shooting rockets from Lebanon, Hamas Lebanon. Well, they did both for a short, very short while, but then immediately we have a mechanism via the Egyptians. With the Egyptians, yeah. And the Egyptians can talk in good colloquial uh, Egyptian Arabic to the Gazans, telling them exactly what the real score is, not the fantasy language of the uh, propaganda, but the reality of, of, of the relation. Uh, uh, the, what the, uh, in the old Soviet Union used to call the correlation of forces. What is Israel and where is Israel and where they are? Interestingly, um, the month of Ramadan, um, the crucial month of Ramadan, did witness some points of escalation. But at the end, the Israeli police and the Israeli government managed to uh, contain the situation. Mm -hmm. And there were much peaceful, to the, peaceful. Much to the chagrin of uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. And there were peaceful prayers yeah, by, yeah. Uh, some people say quarter of a million, let's say half of that, mm -hmm. on the Temple Mount, on the, in the Haram al-Sharif, with very minor incidents in the last, uh, in the last Friday of uh, Ramadan. 
And so, inshallah, uh, this will actually prove that the bid by Hamas to use it to uh, set the region on fire and um, attempt by Iran to exploit it uh, actually uh, failed. And I think that, that that's also a significant element. Meanwhile, Israel is moving to, um, let's say, send a message to the Iranians that if they can do uh, try to do envelopment around us, so can we. Uh, and the, uh, uh, the fact that we now have a, an Azeri, an Azerbaijani ambassador in Israel, which for many years uh, the Azeris somehow avoided, and uh, we, we are planning high-level visits in, in uh, Azerbaijan by President Herzog, who has become kind of the uber diplomat mm-hmm. of Israel in Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan. These are uh, indications to the Iranians that they are two to tango. Uh, they can play the game, so can we. Yeah, well, certainly uh, Azerbaijan is the soft belly of Iran. Azerbaijan and Iran share a border of a thousand uh, kilometers. We have to remember that 45% of the Persian, of the uh, Iranians, 25, but 40, 25%, 30%. Nobody knows exactly. Yeah, but uh, I, I think a it's very a, significant yeah, number. A, yes, I think are at minorities, least a third, yes, and are, the largest of their minorities is are Azaris. And uh, they've always had some um, border disputes. So uh, Azaris and Iranians do not get along together. The same is with Turkmenistan, which is a little bit further to the north. And here Israel is really uh, cementing uh, relations both with Azerbaijan and with uh, Turkmenistan. As you mentioned, the President Herzog, the Israeli president, is a... Uh, was invited and is going for a high-level visit in both these countries, which are bordering uh, Iran. So there is a, a, a real, I would say, uh, gain here with very, very, very um, high uh, risks. And, um, and again, I would like to go back to the two questions we started with, with Iran and Saudi Arabia new renewed relationship. Will that uh, now bolden the Iranian hand vis-a-vis the Europeans, vis-a-vis the U.S. on the nuclear issue? What do you think? It's a good question. At the end of the day, uh, what uh, undermined the Iranian position um, until recently was the sense that Iran internally is in serious trouble. Uh, The the women's uh, response to the murder of uh, Masa Amini and so on. And um, and so this what was used to be a, called the hijab demonstrations. The hijab demonstrations. Yeah. It was uh, given the political dynamics in, in, in the West to reward a regime like that uh, was, was would have been politically unacceptable. Unfortunately, um, uh, while the pro- uh, protesters are still out there from time to time, uh, this has died down as a threat to the stability of the regime. So they may be once again in a position to, to negotiate. And they are negotiating. Because of the ruthless way, the siege and the revolutionary guards, they just indiscriminately killed there, a lot of uh, demonstrators. Hundreds at least, uh, yes. And they're also doing this from a position of strength because they are moving ahead with enrichment. So they, they are making it uh, all the more necessary for an agreement to be reached uh, soon. It's like they're holding all the cards. If they want to, they break to uh, 90% and maybe even start on the weapon uh, uh, group uh, working. If they want to, they can wait or maybe even extort 
more concessions from the U.S. and the Europeans. This is why the Israeli position on the necessity of a credible military threat is all the more important. And uh, whether it is expressed in, in verbal terms, but also in preparatory work that's now being done uh, quite feverishly, mm-hmm. um, I think uh, that that's a message both to the potential negotiators on the Western side and to Iran itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, we saw maybe some kind of a sign with the U.S. Uh, sending a new nuclear submarine to the region, to the Red Sea. Uh, maybe this is a kind of a beginning to be a, a message. We'll see how the uh, Iranians receive this message or not. But I think at the end of the day, that means Israel has to be very vigilant in terms of focusing on uh, what's happening in Iran. And to that, uh, uh, to that goal, um, I think Israel should be very proud of a successful launch of the uh, OFEC-13, the, the new Israeli um, satellite, which is, uh, they make no, uh, you know, no, they're not hiding that this is a, a, um, a spy. Uh, intelligence collection and reconnaissance. intelligence and reconnaissance, which uh, is probably uh, at the edge, you know, at the cutting edge. Uh, so Iran is quite transparent. Intelligence-wise, and and they know it. And they know it. The same thing is uh, what uh, they they try to do in in Syria. So here, I guess Israel will have to stand to to keep the course of not allowing the Iranians to build a position in Syria to open a new front. Uh, And and in recent months, there have been things happening in Iran itself, including in the drone factory in Esfahan, which of course the Ukrainians were grateful for. Of but, course. Uh, but uh, it, it proves uh, a certain level, apparently proves a certain level of capacity. Israel makes a point of not owning up to any specific action, but referring generically and generally mm-hmm. to uh, ongoing operations yeah. in Syria and elsewhere and further, uh, further beyond uh, our borders and uh, I think our... Uh, Re- newly reinstated uh, Minister of Defense, uh, mm-hmm. Gallant just made such a reference. Um, the um, Going back to your question on the Abraham Accords, um, against, there's, there's of course some tension over what's been happening during Ramadan and so on, but uh, the, the counter indication is that BP and the Emirati uh, energy company have just moved in and bought a huge share of the Israeli um, gas production capacity uh, for, for, an, for an Emirati company as well as one of the famous sisters, the, the, the great oil companies of the world, to move in to a direct relationship with the government of Israel. Uh, Chevron did before that. These are indications of just how much the world has changed. Absolutely. So it seems like um, that the Abraham Accord are here to stay. And it seems like they once the Gulf countries have made this uh, major jump over what we call the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And when they have uh, decided to take this uh, quantum leap uh, jump, they're not going to go uh, back. And since we know the uh, inherent animosity between Gulf countries, including Saudi Arabia and Iran, they will always want to hedge and they will keep the relationship with Israel 
um, I would say, um, intact. I think it, the Saudis will keep it under the table for the foreseeable future. They have, among other things, no wish to give this prize to the Biden administration, whom, they, whom MBS detests, it's, yeah. and, and, and it's mutual. But um, elsewhere also, we should mention uh, the, the relationship with Morocco is, you know, just, again, they criticize Israel over, uh, over the Palestinian issue, but that's... Uh, Which is like going through the motions. They have to standard, do that. Yeah. Standard issue. Yeah. But the strategic relationship is growing, not least because the Iranians are known by the Moroccans to be meddling in the affairs of Western Sahara or, or the, the southern provinces of Morocco, as the Moroccans see it. Uh, with, and they're backing and, Algeria. With the <laughs> Algerians. On the, on the Algerian side, on yeah. the Polisario side. So that uh, yeah. uh, adds to the uh, growing uh, range of, of mutual interests that mm -hmm. uh, are served by uh, mm -hmm. both economic and, and strategic cooperation. Yeah. And Iran, I agree with you that the Saudi Arabia now, uh, I don't see any um, horizon or any move towards actually bringing the relationship on to the surface. We have to remember, though, that everything underground with all the security intelligence cooperation continues, some uh, commercial co uh, as well. Yeah. But uh, probably we'll have to wait, first of all, until they uh, sort out their relationship with uh, Washington, D.C., but uh, this may take a long time. Also, I believe that there are two other factors uh, that uh, affect uh, the Saudis' position on, uh, on Israel, and that is... Uh, the uh, King Salman himself, you know, the 87 years old king, who uh, is still the old guard, and I don't think in his time he would like to break um, through with the tradition of, uh, of, of decades. So we'll have to wait for his son, Ben Salman, uh, which uh, probably would be daring enough. He's a kind of a maverick that can do a, a relationship with Israel. And, uh, and uh, also... I think that uh, they would still demand some kind of an uh, concession on the from Israel on the Palestinian issue. Um, as, People uh, tend to forget yeah, this government, while it has members in the coalition who are very uh, aggressive in their statements on the Palestinian question, this government actually did something that the previous government did not, which is to go to Aqaba and then Sharm el-Sheikh, sit at the level of national security advisor with the Palestinian security mm -hmm. uh, um, leadership mm -hmm. and talk about uh, coordination, cooperation, mm -hmm. certain self-limitations, and some kind of vague political horizon. Um, in Israel, this was, people people try to ignore it, but this is an on, the Aqaba process is an ongoing process. Also, you know, with the, with the Saudis, there's something that they always bring up, and this is the Saudi plan, which has become the Arab peace plan for Israel and the Palestinians. I think it's dead on arrival as far as Israel is concerned because there are some issues that here that Israel will not uh, uh, accept uh, ever. Uh, so it seems like the Saudis are keeping this, and at will, they will relax it uh, when they need to do the... The, um, For the time being, it will remain true that the cr most crowded place in the Middle East is under the table. Absolutely. Well, so we've seen many, many, many changes here, but it's all, you know, the more the change, the more the same. And what we have noticed, again, Palestinians are always put aside. Thank you, Iran, always for your insights and thoughts. Thank you. And thank you to all our viewers for watching another uh, program of... Uh, 
Middle East Review. Until next time, we'll see you here from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.